Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Baz and Izzy for breakfast podcast. Izzy Dag's still away this morning, so Louie here filling in with my man Baz. It's been a good Friday. Yeah, it has. A little bit of uh, Olympic royalty joined us with Eric Murray and Blythe Tate and, and then Katie Brown gave us a great update from over in, over in Australia. And what about Gilbert Anoka? Was that not just some of the most uh, unmissable conversation and and expertise in the, in the world of mental skills and culture i nearly i i nearly couldn't start speaking again in the air when i came back from the air break so i was just internalizing it and just the, the wisdom about being present and just always knowing where you are and what you're doing i just yeah very very special stuff from a man who's had a pretty incredible career yeah you're, you made a good point actually that you're going to go back and listen to it again because i think there's so many um so many key key points in there that it's worth spending the time to actually be able to digest it all. Um, I was just fascinated. I've, I've been lucky enough to know Gilbert for a long period of time, so you know, every day things just, just continue to impress me with the man, and, and he's had a big impact on my life, not just professionally, but also personally. Absolutely, Baz. Blythe Tate, also the equestrian legend. He's had the Royal Flush, Gold, Silver, and Bronze, a couple of those at the Olympics. So hearing him tease and, and uh, look forward to the Olympic equestrian event. That was awesome. Remember, you can catch all of our podcasts wherever you listen to them. We don't care. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the lot. As long as you subscribe and keep coming back, we'll be back on Monday with a huge day and then Izzy Dag to return from Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Kia ora and good morning to all of our terra. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. It's Friday the 30th of July and we are just after 6 in the morning. It's a privilege to spend the morning with you all. Today we are going to chat all things sport as we do. We have some great guests today as well. Hazel Schofer, the leading apprentice jockey out based in the CD. Katie Brown, our SEN colleague over in Sydney. Eric Murray, the rowing legend. Blythe Tate the equestrian great, and the man who is the mental skills guru, Gilbert Anoka. Looking forward to that one too. We're going to chat plenty of things. There's no Izzy today, unfortunately. He is still mourning the passing of his wonderful mother, and he will be back next week. So subbing in for Izzy is our very, very talented and always up and about in the morning uh, producer slash racing expert slash AFL correspondent. Louis Herman Watt. Good morning, Louis. Morning, Bears. Always a bit easier to get up and about on a Friday morning, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Footy shirt Friday. But you haven't gone footy shirt. You've gone cricket shirt. You've got the beige. Oh, easy on Trudy. She's been at me, at me about this all morning. But it's fine. Footy shirt's kind of like the... It's an emotion, you know? It's kind of like a vibe. You know, it doesn't specifically... Is that the UMS kit I can see down your line? This. What is it? No, this is the Queen's... This is the Queensland Rugby League, mate. Oh, wow. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. We've got a... Yeah, so what... 
So uh, you just rock around in any old cricket shirt on footy footy shirt Friday. Yeah, I find it's more of a yeah, it's that it's more of a vibe. Well, the Trudy's come in a okay, the how's this? Trudy's coming in a New Zealand under twenty ones white collared rugby Guernsey, and it is superb. And she's showing me this photo of the year it's from. I hope you don't mind me saying the year, Trudy. <laughs> no, 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 1994, the under-21 team that toured Australia. Can I read you some of these names, Baz? Yeah. Um, Chris Gibbs, John Alomu, Anton Oliver, Tana Umanga, Adrian Cashmore, Case Muse, Carlos Spencer, Daryl Gibson, Justin Marshall, Tane Randall captaining, Brendan Laney, Chainsaw Laney, that's definitely not Marty Banks, the manager. And Mertz down there, little pasty Mertz bottom right. That is some squad, isn't it? That's a heavy, heavy squad. Yeah. How did they go in the tournament? I don't know. Did anyone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyone know anything about the 1994? I, I thought you would have at least come with. Yeah, they won the tournament. They won the final by so. 50 points or something. Well, you'd hope yeah. so with that sort of with that sort of team. Anyone know anything about the nineteen ninety four under twenty one <laughs> rugby side? Um, come through double eight double three. That is a strong squad. Did you play? Did you play any age grade? Oh, you played a bit of age grade rugby, didn't you? Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't told you this already. Actually, Louis. Um, nineteen ninety nine played ninety uh, nine, or it might have been two thousand. Anyway, one of those two. Um, played the secondary schools tournament, the New Zealand secondary schools tournament. So played for the South Island side, and we lost in the final to Northern B, funnily enough. So Central and Northern A missed out on the final. Um, and we lost in the dying stages. I remember I got stepped by Ben, ben Artinger. I was playing first five. Got stepped by Ben Artinger on the inside, and he dotted down under the bar for them and then converted to beat us by one point. But that was the uh, the last real competitive game of rugby I played until um, playing for the mighty UMS side a couple of years ago. Louis, we had a good side too, captained by um, James Ryan, uh, Adam Thompson, and then we had James Ryan on our side as well. Dan Carter, we had some good players. So that that's the famous yarn that. Um and it has always been twisted slightly through, but it's from the horse's mouth itself. You, you got the start over DC in the <laughs> in rugby, which is it's it's a great claim to when fame. When you say it's been when you say it's been twisted by who? Well, I always heard variations of it that it was a, a like a Canterbury side, that it was this, that it was that. I'd never actually heard the the you know unadulterated. No, it was a secondary schools tournament and you lost in the final. I never heard that you got stepped by Ben Artinger as well. That one's kind of been lost in history, but glad we could just really iron out the truth on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you didn't do research on that one, actually. You being as thorough as what you normally are, I'm very surprised. Maybe a bit thoroughbred, not thorough when it comes to it. <laughs> <laughs> you do your research on the heavy eleven. Yeah, well, no, I, I don't. I don't actually. <laughs> not on, not on one of your co, your co-hosts on a morning breakfast on SCNZ. Yeah, that makes total sense. I actually, um, I don't either as well. I just don't. I mean, that's, I'm kind of coming across a bit lazy, aren't I? Smithy actually tipped one yesterday. Oh, I, I didn't. He tipped one on the last of Peter Denham runner. 
Congratulations, Smithy. Hopefully that made you feel a bit better. It was a bit frosty leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through this, man. Well, I mean, what date is it? We're up to, it's the 30th of July. So how many days in July again? There's one more to go. Yeah. So, so he's got today and tomorrow. He's been doing dry July, hasn't he? Oh, our mate Smitty. And I think he's just starting to come to the end of his run. I think it just yesterday showed us a few signs of fatiguing and he really just needs to he'd be able to head down to Turks and just smash a real cold beer just to take the edge off, I think, because he was a bit frosty about the chat around his studio. What he should be doing, he should be playing up on it and just I'm going to speak to him later because I'm pretty sure this is not the last we've heard. I'll speak to him later and say, mate, use this as an opportunity to just, just get your studio done up, you know? Ask, ask Hutchie to just, you know, just make things a little a little nicer for you in there rather than the background of the well, Louise's bike. With your new company credit card, which you've obtained by picking up guests at the pub, maybe you could go down and do some renos for them. Well, I haven't got it yet, Hutchie. I'm still waiting for it. I know the mail runs a bit slow at the moment with, with uh, COVID battles and getting in and out of the country, but... You know my address. I'll be waiting eagerly every morning at the at the letterbox <laughs> for the drop off of this ENZ credit card, so I can ensure that we continue to get high quality guests on our breakfast show here at Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Did, did you go back to the pub to the scene of the crime? Try find another guest. Well, the day ended in Y, so of course I went back to the pub. <laughs> I went back around lunchtime and and watched uh, watched the girls win gold. Um, Really cool vibe actually at the pub yesterday afternoon too. So I only had I had two quick beers and then I had to go and lay some ready lawn. What a rigmarole that is as well, <laughs> lay, laying ready lawn. So so how so what was this a full twenty four hour cycle after you picked the ready lawn up? That was so only about twenty three hours. Yeah. I, I passed its use by. Yeah, I'm not sure if it. If, <laughs> I'm not sure what the use by is. We've saturated it with water, so I'm hoping it takes. Otherwise, it might have been that might have been a real waste of money, eh? That really <laughs> <laughs> pints, pints weren't though. They were worth it. Ah, oh, gee, they tasted good too, and that gold medal. Oh, I don't know. Success it just always leads to a nice little thirst. Anyway, it's only six, eight, eleven in the morning. We shouldn't be talking about that, but. Give us a call at any stage as well. I, didn't, I should have mentioned that at the top, but 0800 150 811 and text us on 8833. We've had some good uh, good chats this week, haven't we? Some wonderful messages come in. Pies was probably the hottest topic out of our entire week. <laughs> go, go figure. Go, go, go figure. Um, people love a pie, and I noticed that a lot of those pie cafes, or what do you call them, cafes, um, have been absolutely flooded with guests. Baz, did I see on your um, Instagram that your temper kit turned up, arrived it? Is that is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, yeah. So I had to obviously deconstruct the previous bed, um, which is now going to go on to, so the previous bed will pass down the line to, to Mayor, and then Mayor's bed will get passed on to Evie, et cetera. But there was one bolt, which I couldn't undo, for the life of me on the old bed. <laughs> so, I, oh, and of course it was after I'd undone all the other bolts. 
And because it was in the back, so I had to find a way to... Oh, anyway, I had to call in a mate for her to come in and angle grind the bolt off to, to get rid of that bed. But the new temper bed has turned up, and it is magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. We so was your first... Slept with it slightly inclined last night. Just, you know, just to make sure that after a couple of sherbets, my snoring wasn't too bad. So, but no, it was wonderful. Very, very happy. Looking forward to Izzy getting his one as well at some point. Well, double eight, double three. Baz, Louie, I had a super comfortable sleep last night on my new temper pillow. It made it a bit harder to get up and head to the Wellington to see the world test champ, the world champion Black Caps and Mace at seven thirty. Richie, good on you, Richie. Good on you for letting us know, and good on you for getting up to go see the lads down in Wellington today. The Mace tour has been sensational. When you sorry, when you said you sleep on an incline. So your, your head's above your feet. So you haven't done no research again here on what one of our major partners, Temper, their beds, you're able to adjust. So mechanically, you're able to adjust to be able to get yourself in the desired position, Louis. Yeah. And the desired position for me last night was on a slight incline, yeah, head above feet. And that, and you just, and that kills the snoring off. I don't know about that. I wouldn't know anyway. It's, uh, the snoring's more Lissa's problem than mine, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's it's good to know that you it's good to know that you're really considerate and you're actually kind of thinking about it before you just get into bed and you're just waking up the whole house. But it's and it's also good to know that the, the temper pillow is uh, the temper pillow and temper bed has arrived and and you're loving it. Both Richie and Baz. Um, Olympics last night, mate. Yesterday, well, we kind of skimmed over this. So yesterday we won gold. <laughs> Don't know how we managed to skim over that. The the girls and the, the pair, just sensational. Just so good. So good and so wholesome. And yesterday we had Jamie Gowler on the show, sister of Kerry, and she said she was going to be up in Auckland. So if there's any reports of a, a um, lady on a table, just... <laughs> uh. Yeah, it was it, it was fantastic. That race was a beauty as well. Gee, the old um, the the Russian team they were coming coming pretty strong towards the end there, weren't they? And they certainly asked a few questions of the Kiwi girls, but they more than delivered. And maybe it's going to be a little bit like the old four minute mile now. Just open the floodgates. We've got one gold, and let's hope we can we can add a few more to it today. But yeah, it was it was a pretty cool moment for New Zealand yesterday. I thought. Definitely was, and you, you could be right about the floodgates because we've got the men's and women's eights who have just looked strong through qualifying, and then Emma Twig, who is also just, she's really kind of come into her own technique, and I know nothing about rowing, but those that do say her technique is impeccable at the moment. So I'll be looking forward to hearing what Eric Murray's got to say because he, you, you think I can get up and about. Well, Eric can get very up and about, and he might be bullish, I think. I've got a feeling he might be very bullish for a potential golden hour or a very special hour in New Zealand rowing later this afternoon. Yeah, he's good crack, isn't he, Eric Murray? He's um, he's a, a real sort of good time dude to, to be around. Quite an infectious kind of um, laugh and personality from the very brief times I've run into him. And, even just watching him on TV in that last night, he looked like he was having a, a pretty good time and he's enjoying the fact that the Olympics are going on. He's able to celebrate other people's successes 
and not have to be on the boat rowing and rowing and rowing. <laughs> so he can enjoy the he can enjoy the the uh, the time now. All of his hard work's done, and he can enjoy other people's success. So looking forward to chatting with him. And Blythe Tate, the equestrian, starts today. And Blythe, yeah, he's actually got four Olympic medals. Like, it kind of surprised me when I looked back. That's a lot. You know, he's got he's got the full the full house as well, the flush, the gold, silver, and a couple of bronzes. So he will be fantastic. We know Izzy will be tuned in for that one, loving his equestrian. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that. And Blythe is also, I don't know, we wouldn't call him country clueless because he's obviously a very astute horse person, but he's, he said he had to feed the cows, so he really fits the aesthetic of the show. Yeah, we're going to have to adjust the name of Country Clueless because we're actually getting, like, proper farmers on our show. <laughs> so maybe we have to, like, maybe just, rather than the self-deprecating Country Clueless, we might just have to adjust it. But Blythe Tate also, uh, horse breeder as well, um, has been, bred some very successful horses and is involved in the uh, thoroughbred game and and has, I think he saw, he bred, um, remember the horse Nashville? Yes. For Darcy Brahma, yeah, he bred that horse and he's bred a couple other successful horses too. So not just involved in the sport of equestrian, but also in the sport of racing. So it'll be good to chat to him later on too. Another legend. Gee, we get some good people on the show, don't we? Already. Well, I hope we're not using them up too early, Louis. Ah, you got to start strong, as you would know. Lead from the top, really kind of put the, put the everyone else under a bit of pressure. We can we can adjust country clueless. We can do that, just like you adjusted your lovely temper bed for a great sleep last night. And we'll talk more about that <laughs> as the show goes on. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 0800-150-811. That is the Kennard's Hire phone line. And we want you to get in touch with us this morning because we've got a, lots of different stuff to talk about. Olympics, the weekend ahead, plenty of juicy topics to get involved with. So double eight, double three, please get in touch with us as well. Baz, one of those juicy topics, and we kind of touched on it earlier in the week, and then it seems to just have snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. Russia Erasmus and the Lions Tour, this is getting weird. Hey, this bloke is off the hook. <laughs> Some of the comments that he has made. So he did this interview. So he's done it himself off his own accord. And it's a 65-minute interview, 62 minutes, direct to the camera. And he said the content was produced independent of South African rugby. But he's wearing a Springboks cap, <laughs> Springboks jumper. And then he just goes on to just launch his vitriol at the officials from the other day. And he it's just extraordinary. He says, he also says he'll walk away from the last two matches before seeming to retract that later in the video. And then he goes on about how the Lions only comes around every 12 years, and I think it should be fair that I'll step away from these last two test matches. So, so this is a coach who's won a World Cup. He's so sky high in terms of his reputation. The country loves him. And all he's doing is just chipping away at the legacy which he had built. So he's now gone into the role of director of rugby. The new coach has been put in place and he can't even really coach the side because Rassi Erasmus then puts himself in there as water boy. So he's just got his fingers all over, his hands all over the entire setup and then he comes out and launches a 62 minute <laughs> just rant about how 
they were hard done by with decision making, etc. It's just this guy, he's off the chain. It's it's ramble. I just tried to find a clip to play and I couldn't because it's just ramble. It's just like rubbish. It doesn't it's, some of it's like even pretty incoherent. It's it's bizarre. He goes I've had previous encounters where I've made mistakes saying things in public about referees and that normally comes back to bite you. But then goes on to, as you say, <laughs> but in this instance, the Lions only comes around every 12 years. Like, how is this good for this, like, the Springboks? How is this not just, so, this is, this is, this is going to, this is so, it just looks terrible, doesn't it? He says, after a lengthy introduction as well, he says, in which Erasmus defends his role as water carrier during the first test and says he tried in vain to contact referee Nick Berry on Sunday evening for clarity over the officiating. He's the water boy. And then, <laughs> and then he goes on to say, if you think this, is, this was going over the top and this shouldn't be going out to the media, then I did this in my personal capacity and not <laughs> as part of the Springboks. And I will withdraw myself from the Springbok management team, he said. He's got a Springboks cap and a Springboks <laughs> jumper on in the video. Oh, seriously. Pull your head in, mate. He's, you're yeah, right, sure. He's on one. Last Friday, almost... <laughs> Almost seven days ago exactly, Brian Habana, great of South African rugby, outside back God, was telling us about how influential Russi had been and Harry was bringing the team together and Harry was this kind of godlike, had got like to this godlike status. Do you think it might have gone to his head? I tell you what he's doing, mate. He's not bringing the team together. He's turning the team into a, into a victim mentality rather than trying to fix the areas where they were deficient the other day and where the Lions were able to attack them and expose them, all he's doing is just trying to give credence to the fact that, that they're hard done by. And that, and I don't know about you, but in sport, I find that, that that mentality doesn't often translate to a successful environment. So I think the first thing you need to do when you're under the pump in sport or you're losing is you need to be brutally honest with yourself about where your own deficiencies are. Once you understand that, then you can look at how to fix those, shore up your rough edges, shore up your deficiencies, and then harness your strengths. With that mindset that he's permeating through that lineup right now, oof, it's hard to see the Springboks turning around this series in, in, any, in any quick time. You can't remember too many times through history where the blame game works, right? It's It's not... It's not something that usually ends up, you know, looking favourable. And, and they just sort of age poorly. If the Springboks go on to win or lose the series, he's kind of become a sideshow. He'll be, it'll be remembered for the Russi performance rather than the on-field performance. Jesus and Colby could do the most amazing thing this weekend. And we'll still be talking about that weird 65-minute ramble that the director of rugby, who seemingly thinks that he can just say, oh, if you don't like this, well... It's, I'm not doing this on behalf of the Springboks then, but if you do like it, yeah, please riff, riff more fairly for the Springboks. It's just <laughs> totally bizarre. Well, it is bizarre, and it's also, I mean, you've also got a responsibility not just to your own team, but to the, the greater game. You've got, to, you've got to grow the sport. And if the Springboks come back, then he might sit there and say, oh, I was the one who turned it around, but you've still added a, a pretty sour taste across the entire series. And if the, the Lions go on to to romp the South African side, then then it's sort of tainted by this bizarre sequence of events. So I don't see how he's really helped grow the game in general. And for a World Cup winner, oh, just something I don't think he needed to do, Louis.
You're bang on, Baz. Very, very, very clear thoughts from you. He's undermining the sport in a way, and it, he's undermining the rest, and it is bizarre. Double eight, double three, Rassi Erasmus. Any Springboks fans out there or just rugby fans, how do you feel about this? Do you feel a bit offended? Do you kind of feel like this is almost a bit bizarre? Let us know. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven on the Kennards High phone line. Right now, it's time for Trudy and the news. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy, with the news at 28 minutes away from seven. Baz, just thinking about it, there was a bit of Russi Erasmus to our opening this morning, just a, a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, not great chat, actually. Just a little bit messy and, and probably just a little bit off topic at times, but that's okay. Everyone's allowed a bad start to their day. I think we've recovered. Yeah, thanks to Russi. And then and now we've... And now we have seen it and what it is. Loveracing.nz, head there for all of the information you need on thoroughbred racing. They are racing's biggest fan. Baz, in this weekend, you're off to a wedding, but no doubt tomorrow you have your eye on the the racing, as you always do. Yep. Yeah, I'm off to Tim Seifert's wedding, actually, um, this afternoon, so that should be good fun. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, have, I'll cast my eye across the fields tomorrow, you know, just mainly because it's that day and you've got to have something on it. So I'll, uh, I'll try and make a quid somewhere, somehow. Probably lean on some of my racing experts like yourself to steer me into something, Louis. We've actually got James McDonald on the mail run tomorrow. Oh, jeepers. Talk about swinging with the big hitters. Yeah. Just J-Mac, just no worries. Just get J-Mac on the line. Well, you got Chris Waller there as well, just to... Uh, to really sort of play the big cards. Well, Chris Waller's actually only one win away from breaking his season record total, I think. So probably could have, but it could have been a good weekend to do it. But we'll catch up with him before the end of the spring, no doubt. But J-Mac, he's about to sew up the, the Jockeys Premiership in Sydney. And um, far out. What a fantastic year. I mean, just every year is fantastic for him. So hopefully he can steer us into one. Rumour is he has one that he likes at Randwick on Saturday. Oh, I like that. That's very, very good. If you get an oil from J Mac, then we want we want to be getting on. What do you? What do they say? Don't be more on, get more on. That's on it. J Mac on Saturday with J Mac on right. on Saturday. So nine thirty. I might, I might hold my cash for that then. Tomorrow morning, nine thirty on the mail run. Mick and myself will have. Well, I reckon the world's leading jockey, James McDonald. He's a flying Kiwi. He does superb work. But back here for Love Racing, Otaki is running and the courtesy Ford Rider stakes a $50,000 two-year-old set weights race over the 1,200. And Alan Sharrick, he doesn't quite have the mortgage on it, but he's got a big monopoly over this race with year boy Hazel Chauffeur. Hasn't lost. One start, one win. And Katsuchama, Danielle Johnson, Two starts, two wins. So he's looking like he's got a strong hand to play in a nice stakes race. And Hazel Schofer, she's coming up later in the show, Bess. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to Hazel. She, she's had an excellent year as well. Clearly benefited by some of Alan Sharrick's horses, but she can properly ride and she's almost outridden her claim too. So hopefully she can steer us into a couple as well, Louis. But um, yeah, we're pretty lucky, aren't we, to be able to get a hold of some of New Zealand's best talents and get them on here and try and uh, try and just chat to us a little bit and hopefully not just about their jobs but hopefully people get to know them a bit more as well. I think we're we're quite keen to add some personalities to the the sporting uh, professions as well. So looking forward to talking to Hazel.
There's a fantastic text here, Baz. Question for Baz. If three-on-three is an Olympic sport, then shouldn't we have backyard cricket? One hand, one bounce. Steve. I think, Steve, you're just getting a little bit carried away, aren't you? Oh. (laughs) Well, there's not a franchise model in the reckoning for backyard cricket. I'm sure it's been tried. 3x3 is basketball, is the future, Louis. (laughs) It is the future. It has got any sort of leg, 3x3 basketball. One hand, one bounce, backyard cricket. It's a game which we all play, but it's going to be very difficult to commercialise. There you go, Steve. You, you've you've asked and you've you've been responded to. 0800-150-811. After this, it'll be time for Quizzy Dag. You've heard Richie's. Uh, you've had Richie talk about the the temper pillow. Baz has talked about his inclined temper bed. It's been fantastic. So we've got another temper pillow to give away, valued at three hundred and twenty nine dollars. Get involved. 0800-150 for Quizzy Dag. Baz is the quizmaster, and he's coming up. Right after this. 18 minutes to 7. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Izzy's still away today, but back next week. Baz, we're about to get into Quizzy Dag, but I've just had some correspondence from Eric Murray, and he is very excited. He says today is going to be a very big day. So he's fired up. Does that get you going? Is he referring to the Olympics or is he referring to his own day? No, well, potentially both, but the, the, the Olympics and the gold medal connotation was what, what I was getting. All oh, right, beautiful. Well, that's exciting then because he is a man in the know, the expert as well of all things Olympics. I'm looking forward to chatting to him, actually. Good rooster. Yeah. Spend much time with him? Uh, no, not personally, but I know he's, I love his work. Well, I love what he, I love what he gets up to. He's a real man around town, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You must have a good contact list, Sus. If he's just reached out to you there, then you've got J Mac on speed dial, <laughs> Chrissy Waller. Your contact list is strong. Don't you be selling that contact list, okay? Baz McCallum. All right. <laughs> Without further ado, it's time to get into this. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150. 8-11. Oh, we miss Izzy. He's back next week, though, Izzy. Is our colour, our flair. Cannot wait to get him back as well. The studio is just rocking when that song comes on every time. It is time for Quizzy Dag. We have got Lane on the line. I'm going to rip straight into it. Which nation took out the gold medal in men's 3x3 basketball? Oh, no. Oh. Okay. Um, Have a guess, Lane. USA. Sorry, mate. Mark, which nation took out the gold medal in men's 3x3 basketball? Uh, It has to be against Russia. 
No, unfortunately not. Obviously, I haven't sold 3x3 basketball as, <laughs> as well as what I thought I had because I thought everyone would be across the, the gold medalists in this form of... Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Well, Duncan. Hey, mate. Let's hope, let's hope Duncan's got the answer. Which nation took out the gold medal in men's 3x3 basketball? Is it, uh, is it La Tava? La... Well, I don't know how to say it. Well, this is, what happens. this is what happens when you Google the answer, isn't it? Pretty much, right? Pretty much. That's what you reckon. Uh, oh, let's give it to him. Why not? Yeah. Latvia. Yeah, yeah. You're on your last <laughs> warning, though. Let's, let's just put right. let's put that one out there. We have both the men's oh, and women's rowing eight finals. <laughs> we have both the men's and women's rowing eight finals today. When was the last time New Zealand won an Olympic gold medal in eight? Oh, 1980. Oh, uh, gold, did you say? Yeah, I said gold. I don't think they've ever won it. Oh, they've only ever no, competed in 1980, haven't they? No, no. Thanks, so Duncan. Have a good day. Jordan, hope you've got your world map in play. Uh, we have both the men's and women's rowing eight finals today. When was the last time New Zealand won an Olympic gold medal in eight? Uh, 1972. Yeah, very nice. Very good. How many NBA titles did Michael Jordan win in his career? Uh, six. Nice. That's good. Did you know that or is that a guess? Uh, no, I knew he won three and then he came back and won another three after he had a two-year holiday, I think. Yeah. That's outstanding. Ruby Tui is a star athlete competing in which Olympic event? Ruby Tui. Uh, Ruby Tui. That'd be the sevens. Yep, very good. And then the final question for the $329 temper pillow, which I can tell you is outstanding. In what city did New Team New Zealand first win the America's Cup in 1995? Uh, up in San Diego. Very good. Winner, winner. Outstanding. There you go. A little temper pillow on the way to you. Very well done. Louis, there's some good good answers there. There's some good answers and some tough questions, which we do love to see. I love that. Love it. Love it to you. Love, love. <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love a try, though. We That's do. Great. I mean, I... any means possible. <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants everyone wants the pillow and fair enough too 12 minutes away from 7 we're going to be back on the other side with Hazel Chauffeur 6 and a half minutes away from 7 o'clock and the news with Trudy uh, we just had a someone ask how good's this Baz Kieran in the back room in the ad break comes through to me and he goes mate I just had a call from someone and they wanted they wanted the, the scratchies the, the racing scratchies do you know what do you know what that would be? 
Kieran, we're really going to have to upskill you on the on the whole racing lark, aren't we? That is so good. I said, tell him no. We can't we can't give him the scratchy numbers, but or the lotto numbers or anything like that. We we can do some racing though. Is is Hazel there? Or we no, we're still trying to track down Hazel. She's busy. She's probably at track work, but we won't give you the full scratchings. We'll we'll, we'll try to we'll try to track Hazel down. That's funny, isn't it, Baz? <laughs> That's brilliant, actually. But I suppose, you know, if you're not a racing person, then you don't really know what you're after, right? So it's, it's all just completely different language to someone that doesn't <laughs> understand racing. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not having a go on it. And, and, you know, Kieran's even said, he, you know, he's interested. He might even open a TAB account, which is both good and bad. Um, so, look, we'll, we'll be a bit of upskilling to do. They're also racing at Rotorua tomorrow. They have the Taumaranui RSA Gold Cup. Some half-decent horses going around it there. Divine Duke for your mates, Lance O'Sullivan, Andrew Scott. Timberlake, a really interesting runner coming up in class. Sam Collett, she has a freakish record in cups. She just wins them. Doesn't matter what the cup or where it is. I don't know what it is about the staying trips. She just... I don't know. Any theories there? Um, any theories? Well, she works hard, so you know you work hard enough, you you deserve to get the enjoy the the spoils, don't you? So I don't I don't really have a theory over it. I'm sure we could get her on one time and ask her about why she has a knack of landing the cups. Um, Lance O'Sullivan and Andrew Scott, you mentioned them before. We'll have to get them on at some stage too. They're always good for a laugh and a joke and. Normally take take the Mickey out of uh, his best mate Lance's um, Graham uh, Graham Richardson, who also happens to be my neighbour. So look forward to getting all of those guys on at some point and talking racing and having a bit of a laugh and and some light-hearted moments. One horse I was quite keen to have a bet on that was um, he's put t- putting together a fantastic record, Gaspodin for Jim Pender, and the the punters haven't missed this. Opened it at $3 in race four at Rotorua. Going for four wins in a row. Opened it at $3, already into two fifty. I suggest that two fifty will probably not last as well. I think they're going to keep coming for this three-year-old Prosser, putting together a very, very nice record. Can gallop, super consistent. Tegan Newman claiming down to 58, so not hideous in the weights. I think it's a really a promising horse and a, you know, for a good man, Jim Pender. So... I think that two dollars fifty might not last for too much longer, Baz. To be honest. Well, not now that you're tipping it out after the success that you've had on on the show in the last uh, last week or so, you've tipped out a couple of good winners, and I'm sure some people have made a quid off of it as well. There is actually some pretty good fields tomorrow, considering it's the time of the year that it is, and the, the fact the tracks are going to be as heavy as what they are. So, Tavi Mac is back. Well, Tavi Mac. So Tabby Mac, they reckon, is, is not a great-looking horse, but just as an athlete. Doesn't look like an athlete, but just gets the job done. There was a few cricketers I played with who looked like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. That's, that's probably fair enough. Yeah, so Tabby Mac tomorrow at Otaki. That's a funny horse. They call it Frodo from the Sharrick sta- stables as well, and, and Frodo probably because it's very short, strange-looking horse, and when they bred it, it was... <laughs> You, you've seen some beautiful horses in your life, Baz. You also, you know what a, a pretty motley-looking horse looks like, and Tavi Mac definitely wasn't an absolute stunner. Never really grew, but for whatever reason, this bloke just wins. 16 starts, 
10 wins, two seconds, a third, and has, you know, really pushed the avantages, um, the Melody Bells, it really pushed those top-line gallopers, the Coolsign Mavs, the Tavistock gelding. And, yeah, so for a five-year-old, pretty lightly raced. I thought it was curious that they were bringing him back at this time of year. That's early. He's going to have to be up for a long time if he wants to attack some of those spring features. Yeah, but I guess the, the fact that it's not the best-looking horse but still finds a way to win, so it's clearly a tough, tough customer. It does beg a, an interesting question, though. Like, you go to the yelling sales, and I go to Cracker every year and, and go and check out some of our premium premier uh, bloodstock on offer as yearlings, and and everyone's looking for the perfect perfect athlete, right? And, and I guess I find it intriguing because in sport, like different body shapes, different types of athletes all have various success stories. So I find it intriguing when everyone goes to try and buy the perfect athlete at the at the Caracas sales. Um, because obviously we don't know if they can run at that point in time. We're, we're working on breeding and they say good horses come from good breeding, great horses come from anywhere. But it's not always, uh, it's not always that easy. So yeah, I'll, I'll, we might go into that a little bit later on actually, just talk about the sales. Yes, absolutely. And what we're going to do is we're going to text Hazel Chauffeur. We're going to find out her best because she couldn't join us, probably too busy at track work, working hard, the leading apprentice jockey in the country. But we'll find out what she likes over the weekend because she has a fantastic book of rides. In the next hour, it's Katie Brown, uh, Eric Murray talking rowing. Right now for me and you, Baz, it's a McCafe coffee and the news with Trudy. Thanks to Kubota shaping and building New Zealand. Kia and good morning. It is just after 7am on Friday the 30th of July and you are with Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Give us a call at any stage on 0800 150 811. We're talking all things sport or you could always send us a text as well, double eight double three, and we will try and read it out and maybe head off on a funny old tangent with your message and try and pique our interest if you can would be fabulous i'm joined by louis herman watt as izzy is still away with the uh, celebration of his mum's passing recently he'll be back next week but luckily louis is a wonderful stand-in not, <laughs> not so much from a rugby point of view but a wonderful podcaster <laughs> racing expert yeah. afl correspondent yeah and a Rassi erasmus fan <laughs> Easy. I don't know. I'm I'm glad it's this profession where he's had to take a bit of time off and you didn't put me in a test match at fullback or on the wing. I saw, um, <laughs> after we spoke to Brian Abana last week, this video came through of Brian Abana running straight over, uh, straight through Izzy Dag. It was the one that he was talking about and he, he just completely, he made him look like a, well... You know, Izzy's a very talented footballer, had a great career, but he made him look like nothing going straight through him. And I just thought that would hurt so much if Brian Abana ran that fast at me. That's all I thought about. <laughs> well, yeah, luckily, you didn't have to worry about that. Luckily, you spent your youth going to broadcasting school and getting a wonderful education, which allows you to be able to take that brilliant voice of yours to the country, Louis. Really. <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time someone said that about my voice. But, you know, it, it does allow me to be here with you, Baz, you know, in the presence of greatness and all that stuff. I'm actually on Izzy, though, and, and Russell Erasmus. I would have loved to have got Izzy's take on it. Maybe we'll chase it up next week because um, 
this te- the beauty about this Lions series, they've still got two tests to go. I don't think he can hold the Stanimer up of continuing to be kind of really strange on the scale. Like, he's got to pace himself, or he's not going to be able to last till the end. Yeah, there's something going on. There's, the lift's not going all the way to the top at the moment, and that's that's pretty odd for someone who's been as successful as uh, as what Rassi Erasmus has previously. So, look, I guess it's a bit of a watch watch the space, I think. Just like, you know, it's sort of... It's like something's going on. Maybe he's he's trying to take a little bit of the pressures that are on maybe the Springbok side, and they're trying to, he's trying to shift that and divert that onto him. And if that's the case, then you've got to say, well, okay, that's some, some leadership. But he's not actually the coach anymore, so that's not really his job either. No. And his, his job certainly isn't to be in public dressing down the referees and kind of drawing attention to himself when the team's going to go and do a job. Anyway, another team that's going to go and do a job, Baz, without their fearless leader would be the Warriors. They've got to play tonight, and it's going to be a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, it is going to be a little bit strange, and we're probably done talking Rassi Rasmus anyway. It is time to focus on the Warriors. You're spot on. And we've got someone joining us today who is part of the SEN family over in in Australia as well, over in Sydney, and she's a rugby league expert. And the uh, the Warriors, though, it's been a tough season for them, hasn't it? And they've they've lost their fearless leader and Roger Tuivasa Sheik, and there was quite an emotional moment last night, and that when when uh, Roger Tuivasa Sheik was departing the Australian shores. Just have a listen to this. Chills down the spine every single time we hear that. That was the haka that Roger Tuivasa-Sheik received from the Kiwi League players who were over there in Australia just before he departed. Now, we're joined by Katie Brown, who does fantastic work alongside Andrew Voss on the SEN 1170 in Sydney, which means that she's up as early as what we are as well. So it's a very good morning to you, Katie. Hello. How are you, Louie and Baz? Thanks for having me. Uh, Baz, bit of a stretch saying rugby league expert. I just um, have opinions and upset people most of the time. <laughs> but go to Johnson well, that, mode. That's a, yeah, lovely to talk to you as well, Katie. Don't worry, we throw out those liberal kind of, uh, those compliments willingly. Like, for instance, uh, Izzy is the, um, the equestrian expert. Um, Kane Williamson's <laughs> our Formula One correspondent. Louis the AFL expert. And I'm still trying to work out exactly where I fit amongst the whole thing. But anyway, it's great to have you join us. You're 3x3, mate. I'm 3x3. I'm the 3x3 basketball expert. And that's because we're in a commercial. Oh, God. I'll lock you in for a team. I'll lock you in for a team and a role somewhere in there, Katie. Now, talk to me. The Warriors this year, how do you sum sum up their season? I feel uh, their season could be summed up as falling short. There's so many games that... I thought the Warriors could have done a job and just finished it, unfortunately. I know over there um, it's a sort of a running theme with New Zealand that the Warriors always continue to fall outside the eight. But this year, 
really they have just struggled with any form of luck. And coming into that second season without being um, playing a home game and being home, uh, I think has really played a part. And we've seen that with Roger just pulling the pin, saying, "Look, I um, I need to go back." And I think we can't really challenge it at all. I was thinking if he wasn't such a decent bloke that I'd probably have a dig at him. But you can't. I mean, <laughs> he, um, he's he been over here without family and you do. You've got to, got to let him go home and pursue his rugby career and I'm going to miss him um, not playing for the Warriors and not being in rugby league, that's for sure. It's a, it is, it's a happy time and a sad time, isn't it? And that haka was emotional, tingles down the spine every time, as Baz said. Just on the Warriors, firstly, Katie, is there much sympathy for them across the ditch in Sydney side? Absolutely, yeah. They're really in the rugby league world. Um, there's always people forever saying, you know, don't forget what the Warriors have done. Although, to be to be fair, I think uh, a lot of league fans just feel sorry for the game in general, and it's almost like um, everybody's forgotten what they did for us last year. Um, but I do, I do think that they, um, most people in the rugby league world, do appreciate what they did for us. Yes. That's that's fair enough as well because back here it's kind of hard to grasp the sacrifice they're making at times, but it almost feels like it's a season, another season, just like last year that's kind of been idling away and, and there's been no real progression made. From a performance standpoint, are the critics harsh on them? No, not this year because of the circumstances and last year they weren't either. Last year everybody um, wanted Warriors to win the Premiership. Like they became everybody's second team over here. This year uh, they haven't been the the limelight and um, the Tigers who they play tonight, they're the ones who are under pressure. They're the ones where the rugby league world is saying you're not doing good enough with the pressure, but Warriors get away with it uh, next year, depending on what happens with this world uh, they may have a bit more pressure on them because they've um, they probably need a run out of excuses in some some period We've got Katie Brown joining us SEN 1170 in Sydney and our rugby league expert, now um, Katie just uh, in regards to Roger Tuvasashek um, so obviously, it's an end of a end of a bit of an era. What do you think his NRL legacy will be? Oh, winning that Dalian Medal was pretty pretty awesome in 2018. Um, showing what he did for the Warriors and for the the game last year, and, and he was the only one who didn't have his family over uh, here in Australia but I think for Roger it was exactly what the Warriors said about him last night was um, having a legacy as a player, sure, like always trying 100% but being a genuine bloke off the field and that's the biggest thing I know as a journo, we deal with so many different personalities and (laughs) I don't want to like bag certain players but some (laughs) of them are hard work We're picking up what you're putting down. (laughs) Yeah, good, good, good. I mean, like all of us human beings, we're not all perfect. Roger's perfect uh, in every sense of the word. Like he's always been fabulous to deal with and always so respectful. So I can't, yeah, couldn't say a bad word about him. Okay, well, talk to us. Talk to us now about just the rest of the competition and 
those top teams, it seems like there's three real clear, um, you know, quality sides at the top of the ladder. Who do you think has got the ability to go all the way in the in the comp? Melbourne Storm, I thought, okay, maybe without Cameron Smith, they won't be in the grand final, but here they are, and it's never right. They will they will be there. They'll be in the grand final, and it'll be who plays Melbourne Storm. Um, Penrith Panthers, I'd like to think that they get another crack as a grand final rematch and get the upper hand because everybody loves an underdog. But they've just come into so much, um, I guess, a, a pretty poor patch with injuries now in key players. So to get to the grand final, a smoky could be the South City Rabbitohs, but maybe I'm playing a bias card because um, I'm associated with this club. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough too There's so It's kind of like It's a delicately poised season isn't it there's a, there's a lot of teams that have all the talent That they could just explode at the right time And make the run Yeah and particularly like Roosters last night playing Parramatta Parramatta's been this club That have just failed to get past the semis Haven't won a premiership in their 34-38 years and it's really hurting, and then the pressure builds, and you see South Sydney, rather, um, uh, Sydney Roosters, sorry, who have just lost every man and his dog, and still managed to beat them last night. And I think that just shows. Well, I can't write off the, the Sydney Roosters like they haven't lent on an excuse all season, and somehow you feel like they've lost for eight weeks straight. Yet they're fifth on the ladder. So it's been an unusual year, Jets. It has been. The consistent, though, Katie, has been you and Vossie. And as a, <laughs> as a couple of blokes that are, and Izzy included, that are, you know, just trying to find their feet in breakfast radio, from from the the veterans and the experienced broadcasters you and Vossie are, and, and the great man Vossie, what, what pearls of wisdom do you have for us to handle this on the SEN and SENZ network? Okay, the one thing I'll give you is when I leave the house, I always smile at myself in the mirror because it's bloody early and you just think, I'm grateful <laughs> and I love my job. <laughs> oh, that's very, very nice. That's great words. That is a that is a pearl of wisdom from Katie Brown. That's awesome stuff over at SEN in Sydney. You can catch up with Vossie and Katie in the SEN app at any stage. Go well today, Katie. I will. Thank you. Enjoy your day, Jed. Absolutely. Thanks, oh, fantastic, Baz. That's actually, a, isn't that a lovely note to leave an interview on? Just smile at yourself before you leave the house because it's bloody early. <laughs> Absolutely it's early. It's about 4.30 in the morning when we leave, Louis. So that's a great bit of advice and I've just written that one down in big capital letters just to remind myself. You're only leaving the house at 4.30. Well, I don't live in Auckland. I'm not silly enough to live in Auckland, mate. I live down the road in God's country <laughs> and I just strut down the road, I drive down the road, get in the office, turn the coffee machine on and wait for wait for the phone to ring with, with Louis Herman Watt popping up on it. What are we going to talk about? Well, today we wanted to talk about the Warriors. And and rightly so because it's a, it's just I almost feel like there's a sense of apathy building about their season which I don't want to get to because we love this team, we all do, and they've done it tough. Rogers leaving tonight against the Tigers. I know there's a lot of Warriors fans that'll be watching. I know you guys will be watching out there. Double eight, double three. Get in touch with us. What do you want from the Warriors to end the season out, Baz? I, I 
for me, I just want to see them hold their head high and, and probably string a couple of wins together and give us something to look forward to next year. What about you? Yep, 100%. And um, Nathan Brown actually made mention of that. Uh, I think it was yesterday in an interview. He said, look, for us, the the real determining factor of um, what we want to see in the, in the next little while is energy. If we can bring the energy, it, it means we're engaged. We're putting across our best performance possible. There's lots of factors which have gone against the Warriors this year, and Katie alluded to them. They've had many injuries. The travel bubble's been horrific for them. Um, they've had to overcome so much stuff. The results haven't gone their way. They've missed out on a little bit of luck along along the way too. But if they can finish strong, and they should finish strong, because their run in is, is, not, is against the lesser teams within the competition as well, and teams which they should favour themselves against if they can keep their confidence levels high and they can bring that energy that Nathan Brown's talking about. So I expect them to finish strong, Louis. Outstanding. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero on the Kennards higher phone line. What do you want to see from the Warriors to close the year out? It's been a tough year, but the run home is here. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast at 18 minutes past seven. That was Katie Brown. We're here thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. <laughs> 23 minutes past seven, and we're talking the Warriors. We just caught up with Katie Brown, our colleague over in SEN, and she said that the, the competition over there and the Australian League critics have been pretty sympathetic, and the focus actually hasn't been in the Warriors, knowing what they are going through. Baz, you've made a point of it a couple of times. This sort of bubble life, being away from home, it, it hits home more than you'd realise unless you're in the thick of it. Yeah, it sure does, and it'll be interesting. Uh, later on today, we're going to chat to Gilbert Anoka, who's the uh, very well-respected um, voice of mental skills in sport in, in New Zealand, I guess is probably the best description of him. Um, it'll be intriguing to get his thoughts on it, but look, my thoughts are that it is very, very difficult, and the, it can't be understated how hard it can be operating in a bubble, um, particularly for guys who have been have been around international sport previously, professional sport, and have had the freedom to be able to tour and to be able to experience the various cultures and, and the experiences that come um, with being involved, playing in front of big crowds um, and having that adulation which comes with being operating at the highest level. So, you know, for, to have all of that, that tap turned off and, and just have to focus purely on the playing of the sport and not being able to get any release at any stage and only getting the chance to speak to um, those people who are in your environment, which can be a good thing and a bad thing, but it brings many, many different challenges. So I'm intrigued to see how Gilbert Anoka or what his thoughts are on it later on. Yeah, it's um, not just rugby league as well. I know the AFL teams really were reluctant to go back into hubs because of just that. It's, it's, you know, and I think once you come out, then you have to get yourself back up to go back in. I mean, you're probably going through it a bit at the moment with yourself, with whether the IPL goes ahead and whether you kind of go back. It's like knowing what it's like and not exactly having the world's best time. It's almost that anticipation of knowing what's to come can be quite a bit of a battle. I mean, I'm just reading between the lines. Anyway, Baz, you were the one that did it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're spot on, Louis, actually. I guess to try and bring it context... Uh, we all remember lockdown and we all remember being in our houses and and it was great for a period of time, right? We, the safety and the sanctuary of, of being in our own homes with our own loved ones um, and spending a lot of time together. But you, 
you imagine then having to do that constantly. You cannot see anyone else. You cannot speak to anyone else outside of your bubble. And you're going literally from a, a hotel to a ground. And then you've got the pressures of having to play top-level sport. Still with all the criticism that, that comes with and all the critique that comes with it in behind the scenes and the, the pressures of having to deliver. And then you go back to your bubble again. And you don't get a chance to, at any stage, be able to get any kind of release or, or just sense of reality. And so, look, that's probably the best way I can kind of uh, compare it to normal um, sort of life for, for us is how difficult that lockdown was. Um, you know, just put that on drugs, I guess, when you had, <laughs> when you had having to perform yeah. at, at international, international level. I'll be so I'll be so interested to hear what Gilbert Anoka has to say about this just after eight AM this morning in um well, putting this back to the Warriors. I'm a bit pessimistic this texter says on double eight, double three, please get in touch with us. What do you want from the Warriors for the rest of the year? And, and and just knowing with all of that bubble chat with that in mind, that's the context. Now put that towards the Warriors. I'm a bit pessimistic. With Roger leaving, I wonder when the going gets tough, they'll lack the steel heart to really dig in. As always with the Warriors, I hope for otherwise and that it galvanizes them and they have a red hot crack and sneak into the eight. But I've been here too many times before. Peachy, wonderful text, Peachy. I think that probably sums up a lot, the way a lot of Warriors fans um, feel, but we'd love to hear from you. Do you agree with Peachy, or do you think there's a chance that, with everything Brendan's just talked about there, that maybe they do dig in and, and they really kind of embrace this last little part of the bubble, knowing they will be out eventually, although it is, the light is not exactly at the end of the tunnel, not just yet. Yeah, look, I think, first of all, Peachy, that is a very good, very good message, and it's a, it's a great question, actually. Um, I'd almost put a line through the eight and and just reduce your expectations around that. Just hope to see them, I think, um, come home strong. And I think that's the mentality they'll be having within themselves too, is release themselves from the shackles of trying to qualify and and just focus on bringing good energy to the games, try and try and be together as as a team and just put out their best performance every day. Let the results take care of themselves. And they should finish strong with the schedule that they've got. In regards to Roger leaving... Roger Tuivasa-Sheck leaving, and, and will that affect the environment? How will that affect it? The greatest respect that the Warriors can give Roger Tuivasa-Sheck is to ensure that the belief, the characteristics, and um, the mentality that Roger Tuivasa-Sheck brought to the Warriors as a player continues well after he has left. And that's the ultimate nod to leadership and to a legacy which you can leave is that it carries on well after you leave and the Warriors can do that, then the time of Roger Tuivasa-Sheck at, at the Warriors goes far beyond his playing days. Yeah, and that's coming from a bloke that would know. Warriors need to win emphatically tonight, then we'll see. Jim, yep, I understand that. You just want them to go out and put a big statement performance on. That's double eight, double three from Jim. I'm out on the Warriors this year. Too many disappointing close games lost. Ben, I do also understand that, Ben. It's... It is a hard task sometimes staying with the Warriors when it can get despondent. Are you, would you consider yourself a Warriors fan, Bez? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, simple. I, I, love, I really enjoy the Warriors. I wouldn't say I watch every game of the Warriors, but look, I think the slogan, keep the faith, is a, is a great one. <laughs> um, what I, I love about the Warriors is that they've got this ability to just galvanise various cultures across New Zealand. I think so many different 
um, people enjoy the way they go about their business and they're trying to do their thing on the on the grand stage. Uh, I think I love when the Warriors throw the ball around. I don't believe they need to play a structured game because I don't think New Zealand necessarily worries too much whether they win or whether they lose, but it's how they play. Um, well, no, that's not true, actually. They do care whether they win or they lose, but they... They would prefer that they win, but they could handle if they lose if they're playing that really entertaining style of football. And, and that's what I, I think of when I think of, of the Warriors. I agree, Brendan. 0800-150-811, get in touch, double eight, double three. Now it's time for Trudy and the News with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. Tonight we've also got the Warriors game live on SENZ, the commentary. You want to tune into that? The Warriors fans have awoken. Double eight, double three on the text machine, and you guys have some great points. I love this one. I'm a bit more concerned why he is called Peachy Grant from Wellington. <laughs> that's got to be Grant Elliott, surely. Grant Elliott will be up and about. He'll be listening. That's, that's his kind of humour as well. What about this one? Boys, we haven't had a home game since September 2019. It can't be easy. Love the show, Jace. Excellent point. Not a home game since September 2019. Well, you're talking sport about ensuring that you you have your home uh, stadium as a fortress. You win enough games at home, and then on the road, if you can jag a couple against certain teams, you're going to win enough to be able to qualify. The Warriors have not had a home game since September 2019. You've got to put all those factors into it. I thought you were going down the route of uh, excellent point. Love the show. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that, that, well that, that too. That too. Yeah, that too. Thanks, Jace. I'll just pick up on something. So this is called the Baz and Izzy for breakfast, right? Mm. And obviously Izzy's away at the moment with um, the celebration of his of his mum's life and he'll be back next week. Yeah. And you're, you're standing in as... I mean, you're, you are the show's producer, the Baz and Izzy show. There's a big sign actually behind you in the studio which says Baz and Izzy. And your name's Louis Herman Watt, and you're doing a fabulous job of leading us in Izzy's absence. But on two occasions in the last five minutes, you've called me Brendan, which is incredibly formal and is quite disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Please explain. It's quite weird. I don't know if I can. It's quite weird, isn't it? I mean, Baz, BMAC, Baz, Baz, Baz. I don't know what, where I went off the Baz route there and started saying Brendan. Um, do, who calls you Brendan? Does anyone call you Brendan? My wife calls me Brendan. That's about it. But So are you going to call Izzy Israel? or So is it going to be the Brendan Israel show? Because we should probably on, be on at a different time slot if that's the case. I always have said... Uh, no one knows a host as intimately as their wife and producer. Oh, Jesus. You're having a tough 10 minutes here, I reckon, Louis. <laughs> is this a, maybe this is the real Auckland sort of C- CBD coming out and you use full names, you know? City clueless. No, lose don't, the nicknames. I don't, I don't know what Use it. full names. I think, I tell you what, I think. You've turned out, actually, you're having a, you've got, you've, it's footy shirt Friday as well. You've got a black cap shirt on, which, by the way, is a beige one, and Trudy's sitting uh, sitting opposite you, and you've got your bottom button undone, and you've just got this sort of 
straggly hair kind of just <laughs> ex- exhausting itself out of the beige, the beige black cat's shirt. A real Richard Headley You're using setup. full names. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Jeepers. Hey, I'm fully embracing Friday. I'm I'm here for it. I'm, I'm feeling good. Don't worry. 90 minutes to go in the show for the week. I'm feeling good, Baz. Don't worry about that. It is time for the Choices Flooring weekend poll. We're going to launch this for Choices Flooring. Their room view is a perfect decorating visualizer. What I want to know, because we've got Eric Murray coming up after this, we're going to put a poll on Twitter. How many rowing medals are we going to win today? Three, two, or one? Trudy's going three straight away. I'll tell you what I'm thinking later on the show. Bears, you tell me. We'll ask Eric Murray. Go to the Bears and Izzy for breakfast Twitter account and have a look there on the Choices Flooring Weekend poll. How many rowing medals are we going to win today? Three, two, one. We will ask Eric Murray right after this. 18 minutes away from Aiden Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Louie here filling in for Izzy, but Bears is right there. 0800 150 is the Kennards Hire phone line. Any stage, the Choices Flooring poll is up on Twitter. Baz, how many medals will we win in the rowing today? Three, two, or one. What do you reckon? Um, oh, two? That's my guess, but I'd much rather speak to someone who actually knows, to be honest, Louis, rather than me just sort of having a stab in the dark. I'm pretty sure he's with us now, so let me just... Give us a little bit of a crack. So we talk Olympics and we talk champions and we talk rowing. And who better could we speak to than this man who joins us right now? His great mate is Hamish Bonner, who is going to be in there today trying to do what he has done before and row for gold in the men's eight. We welcome in a great bloke and a rowing legend and a man just down the road from me here in Matamata. His name is Eric Murray. Good morning, Eric. G'day team, how are we? Excellent. Jeez, that's the most serious I've ever heard you sound. You must be you must be enjoying <laughs> uh, the success of the, the rowers at the moment and watching Kerry and Grace do their thing yesterday must have been pretty proud. Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, like they've been the form crew all season uh, in terms of our team and, and what we've been doing and, and training and practising back in Carapero and their form coming in from the 2019 World Champs where they won the gold Um you know, both in, in the pair and the eight, uh, it just really shows that they're on fire. So, you know, they had no doubts in their mind that they were the fastest through the heats, the fastest through the semi-finals, um, and into the finals. And I and I think that really sort of shows today as well with the with the eights and, and Emma. Like Emma's the fastest on paper. You know, like she was the fastest qualifier. So was the women's eights. You know, and and on paper the men's eight is the third fastest. But you know what we saw in the last couple of days, conditions have caused some absolute havoc actually at the Rome regatta um, with people missing out on finals when they shouldn't have been because they've steered off course slightly or they've just taken some bad water. Um, so yeah, like, you know, you say two medals and I think we've definitely got that in us and, and the third one would be picking up one in the men's eight. But, you know, how cool would it be if, if we came away today with three gold? You know, that would just be bloody magical. Oh, dear to dream, Baz. This is right in your wheelhouse. Three golds, Eric. You've got you've got yourself fired up early on on a Friday. It, it must be pretty cool watching the team go about it from here. You know what it's like, and you know exactly that crescendo four or five years in the making. So that moment when you do cross the line first, can you just take us that have never been in a boat through it? Relief. Thank God we didn't screw it up. Um, you know, at, at the, the moment of 
the moment of racing that race, a lot of people think that it's this magical moment, but you've been, like Baz has been there, you know, like you, you can't sleep the night before because everyone's talking like this and all you're doing is reading articles about we should win this and we should win that and these guys are a dead set for gold medal. And so you're sitting there going, man, imagine if we do screw this up. So you, you're trying to get as much of that doubt out of your mind as you possibly can. And then you're sitting waiting for the start to happen and the anxiety's there. It's like, man, wow, like this is it. This is the moment. This is what every single stroke in practice, every kilometre, every hour has, has been put towards. And so when that buzzer clicks over, you just go basically into game mode and you come down that race. But it's not the most magical race because you're like really stressed about where everything is and where all the crews are and where you are. You're like, man, we're behind. Shit, we're going to have to push through, you know. But then once you get into that rhythm and you, you know you're in that front position, then you can relax a little bit. But sometimes you don't get into that front position until later. And um, so, so the race itself, in terms of stress, is the highest level you actually ever have. Um, but then, of course, when you do cross that finish line, if you are victorious, then quickly that emotion just turns to elation. And you're like, oh, mate, you know, like amazing achievement. And it's something that nobody would ever be able to take away from you. So how did you deal with it, mate, the, the night before? Like, how did you uh, get yourself in a state where you could just handle those pressures and those those anxieties and nerves leading into a game? Did you have, what were your coping mechanisms? Uh, most of it was really just about trying to switch off. And it, it's literally mind-numbing crap, you know, like get on and watch some movies, you know, watch a series or just get online and look at some shit, you know, like literally just, just completely try and switch <laughs> off from what you've got to do tomorrow because you can you can turn that on when you wake up but if you're sitting there at night and thinking about it your mind just keeps ticking over and over and over so I used to just watch like series or something and then next minute you've fallen asleep and you're like okay sweet and then if you wake up the iPad's still on you just flick that off and then next minute you sort of lay and go back to sleep and then you wake up in the morning and you're pretty good but London was probably tough because I didn't quite realise that at the time. And so there you are staring at the ceiling at 1am going, this is ridiculous, you know, like I shouldn't be here. Um, you know, and then in Rio, it was like, right, let's pop a little sleeping pill at sort of half past eight, nine o'clock, and then you wake up in the morning, you know, and, and sometimes it's just what you have to do. Outstanding. A, a combination of sleeping pill and some, some shit, quote, unquote. What what was that? Yes, uh, what was it, Eric? What was your series? Were you Game of Thrones, man? Were we talking uh, line of duty? I, 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 I think actually in in Rio, I just I just watched like Lord of the Rings again, eh? You know, like it was. I, I started it a few days before, and I thought, you know, this is going to take. It's you know, the extended version takes you about ten hours worth of footage. So by the time you got down to the last one, it's on the last day, you know. So. Outstanding. So I'm sure Peter Jackson would be absolutely thrilled with that as well, getting some extra runs. Um, you, you know Hamish Bond innately, right? He's a just a. Uh, how about this? What what makes him such a freak? How about that? Uh, yeah, he's he's an amazing specimen. And like you you look at it and you see people that come through different sports, and you're just like, man, that guy was amazing. You know what he could do and and bits and pieces, and you know his physiology is just off the chain. And he to be able to go from the rowing and then switch to the cycling and become like a world level time trialist, and then come back to rowing and now be in a position where if he wanted to, he could have gone back in the pier and done really, really well in the pier, but um, you know, didn't want that pressure and expectation. So he's like, let's let's form the eight, let's get our country going. Um, so you know, teamed up with the other seven guys, and and he's he's in no doubt in his mind, and he's that they're going to go well, and they're going to give it everything they've got. And I just hope that they peaked at 
like today, you know, they had this fantastic race two days ago where they just pumped everyone. And it was like, man, if you guys, if that's not your peak race, you know, because at the Olympics, you've got that one race that you're trying to achieve. And if they do that today, it will be amazing. And we should come away with either that bronze or we're sneaking up in a different colour. That's brilliant, mate. So, hey, just, just quickly, you're, you're probably busier now than during these Olympics than, than when you were competing. I see you're on the TV last night. You're joining us on Baz and Izzy this morning as well. You're, you're a high demand right now, and quite rightly, you're busy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good because, you know, I've stepped away from the sport, and, and it's, it's, I've always looked at it as the fact that when you're in sport, you know, what we, what we do and what we've done was a privileged place to be, and but we've become public property. You know, people want to talk to you and they want your opinions and bits and pieces. So, you know, you, you learn to deal with that and that's something, you know, Kerry and Grace and everyone else will have to have to get to terms with if they are successful. And so um, I love sharing the stories and, and talking and, and just giving some insight for people that don't quite understand what needs to happen in rowing and how it works or, or just in other bits and pieces and how we got successful and how we stayed successful and, and how we never got beaten, you know, all that type of thing. So it's a really cool place to be. And obviously with the Olympics on at the moment, it's just um, high demand, you know, and I'm looking forward to, to being there today and, and co, well, co, co sort of presenting on TV and, and uh, you know, giving everyone those insights as our rowers go out there and race. Outstanding, Eric. We just stuck a poll up on Twitter. How many medals we come away with from the rowing today? Three, two or one. What are you going with? Uh, I think we can get three, and so I'm going to stick with my three. I've got confidence, you know, and as I said, mate, on paper, Twiggy the fastest, eight, women's eight the fastest, and then men's eight third fastest. So that in my books is three medals. So, you know, let's let's wait and see. Mate, it just, um, just dropped the tone slightly. I've got a wedding over in Carapero today, and uh, you talk about you've got a lot of experience keeping the boat steady out there on that lake. In a, in a very short summation, how do how do I navigate the uh, the difficult waters that could be this evening's exploits? <laughs> uh, just just hope the weather's all right. Let's we'll wait and see. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. It's good to speak to you. I look forward to catching up for a beer at some stage, Eric. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great to chat. Cheers, Eric Murray, double gold medalist, an absolute legend, an authority when it comes to rowing. And he says we're coming away with three medals. Get on the Twitter and get on the Twitter. Jeez, that's boomer chat. Go to Baz and Izzy for breakfast <laughs> on Twitter and vote in our poll. Outstanding stuff from Eric Murray. It's seven and a half minutes away from eight. Back after this. Coming up to the news with Trudy at 8 o'clock, we'll have a lovely little McCafe coffee pit stop. Baz, Eric Murray was fantastic chat and a real kind of wealth of knowledge on the rowing. What time are the three big rowing races today? Cheers, Jeremy. Very good question, Jeremy. And I will tell you in one second. So we start with the single skull, which is... Uh, well, actually, the men, the final C. So Jordan Parry is not going to win a medal, but he is there at 11.55. Then Emma Twig, 12.33 in the medal race. Then the rowing eight, the woman at 1.05. And then the men at the rowing eight at 1.25. So a real hour of power between kind of 12 and 2, or a couple of hours of power there. Baz? Yeah, for sure. That's, um, yeah, that's going to be compelling viewing, actually. So... Big day, huge day. You could just tell with Eric Murray how he's talking too. You can he's up and about. He's pretty excited about today's performance. I was intrigued about the 
how how you used to sort of deal with the pressures of performance the following day. So you used to just zone out with with a bit of Netflix, which I found staggering. But Lord of the Rings for the big man. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, the extended cut as well, so because it stretches on for a long <laughs> period of time. I um, I got me thinking what what I would be watching. Probably something a bit kind of light, like a Brooklyn Nine Nine or a Veep or something. You know, like a little comedy series that could just roll Veep. on. What's Veep? Veep's fantastic. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um, shit, it's a fantastic little American politics satire show. It's fantastic. All oh, right, so you're not really into the Peaky Blinders sort of. Oh, I love it, but I wouldn't fall asleep. Kind of wouldn't fall asleep to that because I don't want to miss it. Maybe no, that's fair. That's fair. That's my sort of more my kind of lark is watching, watching those shows, those real sort of crime kind of, kind of, long-winded um, Netflix. But anyway, let us know what you what you reckon. Double eight, double three. I'm after a good Netflix show to really sink my teeth into at some stage as well. So. Let us know what you guys have been watching, and we can chew the fat over it, Louis. What would you be watching if you were staring at a ceiling the night before trying to go out and row for your country? Eric Murray was the extended cut of Lord of the Rings. What would you do? Bears into his crime dramas. You'd fancy yourself as a little TV detective, do you? Uh, no, no, not really. I just I, I like to lose myself in the plot, Louis. You sure you don't like to lose the plot? <laughs> You're on today, aren't you? You are on. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's Bears and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. We're having a lot of fun here on Footy Shirt Friday, which includes a Beige Brigade shirt, actually. Go to the Twitter. Again, what with, what is with me and Boomer Jack? Go to Bears and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter <laughs> and vote in our poll. How many, how many medals are we going to win in the rowing? Anyway, right now it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kia this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and it's just after 8am on Friday, fun Friday, footy shirt Friday, the 30th of July. No Izzy, he is back next week, but I'm joined by Louis Herman Watt, and we have had a pretty good morning so far. We've talked a load of rubbish at times, and some good stuff along the way, and we've heard heard from some pretty cool people too, and our most recent was Eric Murray, the Olympic champion and he uh he passed on his thoughts on how he dealt with some some pretty uh i guess difficult times leading into a um leading into olympic game that was how he might he numbs his mind and his was to watch netflix shows and his his most famous netflix show that he watched was lord of the rings the very own new zealand lord of the rings so we asked a few of you guys what you thought too and we've got a couple come in louis we absolutely have, and I think these are, are great ones for you, Baz. I don't know if you'd be falling asleep to these. You've got to watch Line of Duty, top-quality English cops investigating bad cops drama, Cookie. Yeah, I have actually seen some episodes of Line of Duty, and I do enjoy it. So that's good. What Yellowstone, it's unreal. Baz, you'll love it. Your mate, your old mate Leighton here, pal, loving the chat, champ. Leighton, g'day, Leighton. Good to hear from you, mate. Yellowstone. What's your, have you watched Yellowstone, Louis? No, I haven't, Layson. What's the, uh, give us a, send us another text. Feel free to champ Baz again. I quite don't mind that, double eight, double three. Well, it's better than champing Brendan, as you've alluded to earlier <laughs> in the show. 
<laughs> Actually, just can I just quickly say we couldn't quite get Hazel Schofer on before uh, seven. Too diligent doing too, doing a track work. That's fair enough too. But we did get her best. Year boy is her best chance. So she prices that, or she has that stronger than Butler. So this is at Otaki. So go have a look if you are fans of the Sharrick Stables. Year boy is her best over Butler. And then Allen's three, just in general, are very strong chances. So there's a little bit of oil. Yeah, I like it. Well, what's it paying? Sorry, Louis. Year boy, year boy from memory was at about 340 around that mark. Yep. Enough on, eh? Yeah, wow. Well, gamble responsibly, obviously. Of course, gamble responsibly. It's at 360. Um, but, you know, it's there next to Sharrick's other one, Cats of Charmer. I think that's probably a, a lovely little Quinella. Anyway, Baz, I digress. I'm looking forward to hearing from Blythe Tate later in the show because he is also a man that loves the equine industry and he knows a lot about racing and a lot about equestrian. But I reckon it's about time to have one of our McCafe coffee catch ups. It is, mate, and what better man to welcome in as well. He has been a part of not just uh, the All Blacks, but many of our top sporting teams for the last, well, the best part of three decades, really. He's built a reputation all around the world as a leading mental skills coach. He is an absolute champion bloke. He's not only a great uh, team um, help when it comes to mental skills, but also individually as well. And he resides in Christchurch. He used to be my neighbour, actually, across the road. And we welcome to the show is Gilbert Anoka. Good morning, Bert. Good morning, Bez. Freak's never been the same since you left, mate. <laughs> I bet you it's quieting down a little bit anyway. <laughs> oh, crikey. Um, hey, mate, um, thanks very much for joining us. I'm really excited about talking to you because there's a couple of things I wouldn't mind getting into later on. We don't really want to talk All Blacks, to be honest, because... You know, we've we've we kind of know that you've left them in good order and they're ready to go. What I want to know is, you're a sportaholic. The Olympics. What's impressed you so far with some of our athletes? Well, you know, the what a stage the Olympic Games is, isn't it? It's uh, it's a theatre of dreams. Um, human beings gravitate to triumph and tragedy. It's just part of human nature, and the Olympic Games gives us a feast of both. Um, I've got pulled into things like the road race. I, I just love the psychology around the strategy and that. Um, I love just getting inside. Even though there's no crowds, you can feel the moments that athletes are experiencing and you're, um, you're almost with them at, at, at various stages. You're trying to uh, really root for the, the Kiwi teams to bring them home. But it's just the overall excellence that this particular stage provides that really impresses me. Mate, we've, um, Simone Bowles has been quite a hot topic for us this week and we had Flemo, Steve Fleming on the show yesterday and we had him talking about um, cohesion and, and leadership and, and sport and also dealing with some of the challenges in this COVID world of, of trying to operate at the highest level um, without perhaps the same releases um, that there was previously. Have you found that you've, you've had to... Um, you've had to help a lot more guys out or, or try and provide some solutions for some of those guys because of those, because of the COVID world and the challenges that we face? Yeah, I think the, uh, what COVID's done is, is it's actually um, neutralised some of the usual and normal support systems that athletes have around them. 
So quite often when people travel, you know, they've got family with them and that gives them opportunities to decompress and just get away from the consistent compression that normally comes with environments like that. Um, and so that's sort of an, a, a hidden assassin, really. And um, when you get into your little bubble and you're there for not weeks but months, um, it takes its toll. Um, and so we're having to be creative about how we can nourish those connections that give people opportunities to decaress, but also just to, to feel the love and connection that comes from those that are closest to them. So, yes, we've had to be really creative, and it has created a stress. I don't think that has been evident in, in a pre-COVID world. Hey, Gilbert, it's Louis here just sitting in for Izzy this week as he's away celebrating uh, the life of his beautiful mum. So I'm sure he would have loved to catch up with you. we have to get you back another time. There's a text here that's come through on the, the isolation situation. He says, to succeed in a bubble and bubble life, how important is it to be comfortable with your own self? That's from Ando. What do you, what do you think to that? You know, I think, you know, it's a great question and, you know, being comfortable with yourself is is something that is is a challenge for many. Um, I think when you you do sort of look at that and that particular entity and you face it head on, it can it can really assist. I, I kind of it, it sort of takes me down the path of belonging, and it's sort of how do we encourage people to strengthen that sense of belonging? Because when you feel you belong and you feel safe in yourself, and you're in bubbles and and environments with other people. They, it's a good thing to be, but sense of belonging is a good thing, but it's not sustainable as it, it's usually a side effect of the interactions and actions that you have with others around you. So even inside the bubble with a strong sense of self, how you engage with others on a deeper level normally contributes to um, assisting the way you feel and the way you can experience whatever circumstances you're in. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense, and it is a—it's a kind of a troubling. Well, it's not troubling, but it is a—it's really hard to think about unless you're kind of in that spot. And I wonder if Simone Biles, she probably never knew how she was going to feel right up until she did. This is probably a better question for me to ask than Baz, because as a member of the sporting public, I quite often wonder whether we we just can't grasp and respect the pressures that these athletes go under. Do you ever consider that? You yeah, know, I I think um, a very a chasm that the athletes generally cross is when they understand that pressure can be your friend or your foe. Um, in, the, in the earlier years, we had an understanding that people sometimes tried to avoid pressure. But the the great athletes and those that um, do go on to achieve great things, and 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 um, you know, Baz is one of those men that have done wonderful things on the world stage. Understand that. Um, Unless you experience pressure and unless you face pressure, unless you lean into it, then basically you're not going to achieve the things you want. But what I have learned is no one's immune to it. Um, I've seen people that you think can deal with pressure often don't. Uh, People that you think can't often do. So there's some skill sets that you can um, encourage people to work with inside that bubble. But um, one thing's for sure that um, it is a constant companion and you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable um, as you work through the environments that take you into, into places where you can achieve greatness. Now, the, the Simone, the, her, her predicament, the wonderful thing about that is the honesty and openness of being able to express 
um, you know, in that moment, um, it is difficult for me to cope because the mental toughness per se, um, no one possesses it or owns it. All you can do is exhibit it. It's fluid. It comes and goes based on the environment and the occurrences that you experience. So um, you've just got to keep exposing you to things that can help you manage your way through those particular moments and circumstances. Yeah, I find that fascinating as well. I think as a former athlete, there's a couple of points there that I'm sort of picking up as well. And I think there's, there's periods where you can masquerade, you can sort of get through those 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 times when you need to. It, I guess my biggest concern, and I've been quite vocal about it, is the impact of this COVID world, this bubble life moving forward. People can maybe get through this the here and the now, but is there a potential that there could be long-term sustainable issues develop because of this world we're currently in and, and how do you mitigate against that while you're while you're inside it Bert? yeah it's an interesting question it's sort of it's the old it's it's nature isn't it it's adapt or die really um you know we've we've learned that this environment is very very different um you know what what hasn't changed is what you've got to do inside those particular moments. But what has changed are, are the support systems in and around it. And I think, you know, I, um, the, the three things that I think that exist in any environment, whether it's pre-COVID, um, post-COVID, that really enable athletes to flourish, I think first they have to have a, a leader worth following. So no matter whether, where you are inside a bubble, outside it, you need... You know, a leader worth following. People will follow your soul before your goal. And if you've got someone like that that's inside your bubble, whether it's pre-COVID or not, then you've got someone taking you somewhere. Um, everybody needs to understand that what they're doing is of value, so work worth doing. So every single person inside your bubble, no matter what their role, if they know that their bit counts, then it increases their ability to get meaning out of what they're doing and their connections are stronger. And then if you have a culture worth contributing to, so um, you don't only just feel like you belong, but you believe in it, then you'll want to give to it, not take from it. And I think it's a combination of those three things, whether you're in a COVID bubble or outside it, that sustain and maintain cultures which enable athletes either individually or as a team to, to go on and, and strut their stuff. Joined on SCNZ and Baz and Izzy for breakfast by Gilbert and Oka. Best part of two and a half to three decades building the culture of not just the All Blacks, but many of our sporting teams. Um, but what about you, mate? What um, what have you been up to outside of just obviously work? What are, what are you doing on a on a day-to-day life to, to keep yourself nice and balanced? Yeah, well, I, you know, I've, I've learnt that um, there's a there's a nice balance that you've got to have. So I like to I like to be creative. I like to learn. So I sort of keep an inquisitive um, piece of myself going. Um, I, I kind of have understood as as I've gone through time that you've got to have time where you actually look after yourself. So I get a massage every week. I I into Bikram yoga, which is which I really really enjoy. Times where I can just still my mind. So have a nice balance between staying connected to family, um, connecting with friends, and being nourished by the demands of of um, high performance sport. Have the opportunity, um, I still enjoy that. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's that's. I'm pleased you're still punting, bird. Actually, <laughs> the Bikram Yogi. You actually do you do that at home too, don't you? You got a studio set up at home where you crank it right up to like mid thirty degrees or something, and just lose yourself in there for a little while. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because what COVID taught us that is that if you haven't got anything available, if you're creative, you can you can make things. So when COVID hit, and I'm a believer, while mindset is important and that your skill sets don't matter if your mindset is wrong. I still think structure is king, and that's how you set up structure in your environment. So I just sort of put A3 sheets of paper over the windows, bought another heater, cranked the room up to 36 degrees. So my instructor gave me a couple of um, her sessions on tape. So during lockdown, I could I could just do yoga every day. My wife is doing Zumba in another room. Um, there was no sport on, so I series linked the chase. So because I loved the chase, so and I just booked two thirty-minute appointments during the day where I'd just leave my office, go and watch that, have a few laughs with Bradley, and then come back and work. So I could set up my own structure, which could nourish my own well-being in a way that can enable me to still be effective in my role and in my relationships. Oh, that's fantastic, Gilbert. And it's good to know that Zumba, the behemoth, is still kicking alive and well out there. I haven't heard, heard, heard the Z word in a, a few years. Just to jump back, um, this is kind of close to my heart, Baz, because this, this week Baz has been talking about the bubbles a lot and what it can be doing. And it occurred to me that I've got a younger sister who's playing um, Division One football for Arizona State University in the States, and she's growing up. And, you know, D1 sport, we kind of look at it. I, I tend to look at it as professional, really. It's There's a lot of pressure. It's at a very high intensity level. She's growing up on a campus where she can't really ha- hang out with friends. She has been in a bubble, never really played in front of a stadium full of people because of this COVID times. Have you considered and do you have any thoughts about this generation of athletes and how actually inverse it might affect them moving forward if we do kind of come out and normality resumes? Yeah, like... You know, they, I get reminded often of the generation differences and I'm kind of mindful and, and have little checks to, to see that the messages are sort of connecting with them. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of things whilst they, like even being inside the all-black environment, it's interesting while the whole sort of landscape shifts around, you know, what drives people and what they do in their downtime. They play the, the games, they, you know, social media is huge and, what hasn't changed is, is is when they get given their first jersey or when they get named as an all-black when they come into the environment. The reaction's the same as it was 21 years ago when I first started. And so at the core um, of this particular entity that we call excellence and high-performance sport, I don't think that's changed a lot. Um, we We want our athletes to have commitment. So, you know, they have a strong sense of drive. And I think, yeah, sister, etc. they'll all have that. Um, often the, de- the defining quality is around conviction. It's the, it's the trust so that when you get in a particular moment and you've got to exhibit something, it's sort of the, your ability to have the conviction and have the trust to do that. And I, the great athletes, um, you know, don't need a crowd to access that ability. Um, you know, when Baz was in, in flying form, when he was with the bat and, and, and creating tremendous optics for all of us. He was in the moment, and quite often, I'm not speaking for him, but I'd assume that, um, you know, the crowd and that sort of thing are there, but his little bubble was just in the moment. Mm. He had precision, 
from a single-minded decision that he made, which came from the decisions come from good clarity. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying the great ones, I think, will still understand that, you know, what determines their success is what they do in that moment and the external things in and around the environment um, will be there um, in different forms and they can influence if they allow them to do so, otherwise they get on with the business. We'd love to be able to talk to you all day, Gilbert. We know you're a very, very busy man. You know, the point there about what you do in the moment and your catch cry that is, be where your feet are, is something which stuck with me all the way through my career and just a massive thank you on behalf of all those, all those who have been involved in um, New Zealand sport across all the teams, not just the All Blacks, but your impact's been immense across sporting organisations and also not just the organisations, but us as sports people and that is something which um, which you can be incredibly proud of. So thank you for everything you've done, mate. Thanks for joining us today on Baz and Izzy for breakfast as well and all the best with the All Blacks in the next little while. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you both and uh, thank you for that. No worries at all. Thanks, Bertie. Absolute legend, Baz, and I just soak all of that and I'm going to go and listen to that again later there. Oh, that's it. That is a very, very special edition of our McCafe coffee catch-ups. Try the delicious new McCafe coffee blend today. That is a, a very, very wise man, isn't it? Oh, sure is. He's he's one out of uh, the top draw. We had obviously Stephen Fleming yesterday and Gilbert and Oka today. Two very good friends. To they share very similar um, beliefs on life and and on organisations, leadership and culture as well. And yeah, what we should have done though is we should have allowed Gilbert to not go away empty-handed, and we could have tipped him into Year Boy at three dollars sixty. <laughs> that would have been the, the right thing to do. But that was Gilbert and Oka. What a legend! Somebody, you can flick him a message now. Let, let's let's head off. We're going to be back on the other side with Paul Moate from the TAB. We'll tip him into it as well. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 28 minutes past eight, two minutes away from the news, but it's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. The great man, Paul Mawate, is on the line and he's talking Alex Park. Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's right, Louis. Uh, we've got a hyped-up harness bonus back promotion on races one and two from Alex Park tonight. Um, you get a refund if your horse finishes second, third or fourth. Uh, paid as a bonus bet up to $30 uh, if you uh, back any one of those runners in race one or two, um, the fixed uh, win book. There's only five runners in race one, so you've got a very, very good chance of getting a return uh, in race one. So I think that's, it's almost like I'm standing on the street corner handing out $20 bills as you walk by. Uh, so I'd definitely have a little stab at race one anyway at Alex Park. Um, I'd just like to say uh, all the best to Emma Twig and the men's and women's eights. Uh, it, there's a potential for this to be New Zealand's greatest golden hour uh, later on this afternoon. And I know we'll all be cheering uh, for the team uh, back here in Petone. So all the best to especially Emma. If anyone deserves a medal, it's her. Outstanding, Paul. Very quickly, how many medals do you reckon? Three, two or one today? Three. Outstanding, Paul. Always a patriot. Absolutely love that from the TAB.
promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. Some good text feedback on the Gilbert Anoka chat, Baz, and I'm just kind of sitting there in the ad break almost in awe a little bit. That was phenomenal. Yeah, he's a, he's a goat, isn't he? Just an absolute champion bloke and so giving of his time and of his information. This this text here is um, how good are the McDonald's cafe chats? Outstanding lads, Gilbert Anoka. Absolutely brilliant. We've been very blessed with some amazing um, New Zealanders, really, who have come on and joined us already in the last few days. So massive thank you to them, Louis. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Massive thanks to Gilbert Anoka, knowing how in demand he is and just that valuable insight. I hope... Go, and I'm going to go and listen to that again later on the SENZ app as a podcast, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, because I think you can find wisdom in that however many times you look at it. We're going to talk with Blythe Tate in the second half of the hour. Also, Ian Smith. Jeez, hope that goes all right this morning. It is half past eight. It's time for the news. <laughs> and Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. That will be compulsory listening, no doubt. Maddie Johns. Remember, we've got the Warriors commentary live on SCNZ this evening too. Thank you, Trudy. 27 minutes away from the top of the hour. And time for our Choices Flooring poll results. Baz, how many rowing medals will we win today? Do you want to take a guess? We had 3-2-1. Do you want to know what's coming on top? Uh, positive people today in New Zealand, three. 66.7%. So there you go. A third of Kiwis think that we're going to win three medals, and that would have been my vote. I reckon after hearing Eric Murray, he was bullish, wasn't he? He was up and about and very bullish. And, and as Paul Mawadi said as well, it could be one of the golden hours of New Zealand sport today. So fingers crossed everything goes well. We don't want to build us up too much, but I think we, we're entitled to have a few expectations of, of the team today. They've They've done it before and they're ready and primed. Absolutely. Choices Flooring poll result. That was with Choices Flooring. Visualizer. Choosing floor, Choices Flooring's Visualizer Room View <laughs> is the easiest way to help you transform your home with new flooring and rugs. Thank you. 0800 150 811 on the Kennards Hire phone line. Get in touch. We're still here for another half an hour, 25 minutes. Some pretty good texts there. Actually, one on Yellowstone from Mary Bears. Yellowstone rocks. Incredible. Kevin Costner, producer and lead actor. So good. Cinnamon, race number five, number seven today at Eddington. Brilliant. Greyhounds. Cheers, Mary. That's great. That's our first (laughs) Greyhound tip on the show. Loving it. Racing, chasing and pacing. How good. That's gold. Thank you, Mary. That's very much. That's very much. Actually, oh, we've got a $50 bonus bet to get away, give away. Who wants Who wants the $50 bonus bet? Because you can use it on Mary's uh, Cinnamon number 7 race 5 today at Addington. What should we do? Should, <laughs> what should we get people to text in for the bonus bet today, Baz? Um... Well, what do you mean? What 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 should we do? Yeah, what should we do? Should we should we ask for we've we've got a event at Alex Park tonight. We've got the Greyhounds going on. We've got the Olympics going on. We've got the Warriors. What should we ask? What about a little Olympic multi, like some sort of Olympic multi? Can we put that together? Oh, I don't mind that. I love that. I absolutely love that. What would your Olympic multi be? So at least two legs, double eight, double three, and you go in the draw to win a. Bonus bet worth $50. Yeah, nice. What about that race one at, um, uh, when was it, 
tonight, Alexandra Park. That was a good gig from the TAB as well. That's like giving money away, wasn't it? So there's only five runners, and you can, <laughs> if your horse doesn't, uh, if your horse doesn't win, and you get your money back for second, third, or fourth, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Your bonus bet. See, you'd have to be a pretty oh, poor <laughs> giving it away. You'd have to be a pretty poor judge. Someone said, "Give the bonus bet to Mary." Well, it's a <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually agree, Mary. If you Mary, if you text us a two leg or a three leg Olympic multi, we'll fix it. We'll rig the draw. You can have it. Um, I don't think you meant to say that on radio, but that's all right. Twenty four minutes away <laughs> from nine, nine, nine o'clock. Blythe Tate. Do you remember Blythe Tate going about his business in the nineties, Baz? Yeah, long time ago, long time ago. But um, I'm looking forward to chatting to him as well. I'm probably going to talk more thoroughbreds than I am equestrian, but I'm sure. No, you, you'll be able to jump in with some equestrian conversations, wouldn't you? Seeing we're missing our correspondent. Yeah, I'll do my best to wear my equestrian helmet as Izzy Dag would be doing. Coming up to 23 minutes away from nine, I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Keep getting in touch. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the Kennards Hire phone line. Before we get to Blythe Tate, Baz is a couple of texts I have to read. One here, chuck it all on Gerda, the nose, never on the tail, <laughs> daggy. Uh, <laughs> that, that is such Izzy Dag language, isn't it? Chuck it on the nose, never on the tail. Thanks. Brilliant. We miss you, we miss you, brother. Yeah, back Tuesday, cannot wait for that. And look, this, this needs to be called out, this sort of behaviour, because this isn't what we're about. So there's a perfectly fine text here. Kiwis to win the doubles bronze with Denmark to win the men's handballs. Cheers, Mary. Jono, your name's saved. I know you're not Mary. Don't try and pull the wool over <laughs> our eyes. You can't. Oh, that's good. You can't get one past me by being dishonest, Jono. Anyway, Bess. Oh, that's gold. Hey, I just had a little McCafe coffee dropped off to me again from our guest from yesterday, Mark Chittick. This is becoming a wonderful little. <laughs> little uh, consistent theme i'm loving it anyway um it's my pleasure actually to um to welcome our, our next uh expert onto izzy and, and baz uh, baz and izzy for breakfast and because izzy is not here and he is clearly our equestrian correspondent previously so we've had to call in the big guns and they don't come too much bigger than this man who is a four-time olympic medalist and as louis said earlier on he has uh, the full house the royal flush he has a gold, a silver, and a couple of bronzes as well. Blythe Tate, we welcome to the show. Good morning, Blythe. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, mate. You're, uh, well, I'm pretty keen to pick your brain on all, all things thoroughbred racing, but but uh, we, we should really talk about the um, the equestrian stuff along along the way too. Yeah, you're impressed with the team that we've got over there at this stage in these Olympics? Yeah, obviously I am. Um, Tim and Janella, um, you know, well established on the international scene, and it's the first go for Jesse Campbell. But he has been uh, beavering away up there for about ten years now, and I think he's more than ready. Um, he's well horsed. He's got a, a very talented horse. The, the the whole team are on relatively young horses or, or greener horses. Some of the other nations have got horses that have got a bit more experience, but. Uh, I think the riders make up for it. So, yep, I've got my fingers crossed. Well, what is it about the equestrian that it just seems to click with us as Kiwis? Um, yeah, I mean, it does. I think the, the whole sport is sort of 
indicative of the New Zealand lifestyle where, you know, everyone during the weekend is outdoors doing stuff and, and you know, it's possible to uh, keep a horse in New Zealand a little bit more easily than it is in other parts of the world. But, you know, Kiwis have that real let's get in and give it a go attitude. We're on this side of the world and yet we make our way over to where the, the action is. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems to suit the Kiwi lifestyle and the Kiwi people. Blythe, do you ever let yourself reflect? I mean, it must be hard not to when the Olympics come around and, and all your, your great memories, you talked about it, was a glittering career. Do you, When the Olympics come back around, do, do you kind of feel a sense of pride again or remember the, the glory days? Uh, um, yeah, of course you do, but it was a hell of a long time ago now. Uh, <laughs> so it's sort of starting to fade. Uh, but no, I still am very much involved. I'm involved in the high-performance coaching program, so I'm still in the thick of it. Um, and of course, it's my mates that are doing it uh, at the moment, so I'm still very much involved in what they're doing and um, and following with interest. I've I've just fed 25 calves. I'm about to dash off and do some coaching, and then I'm hoping to get back in time to sit in front of the TV and watch them live. Oh, wow. That's a, oh. that's a true country lifestyle. <laughs> We've got a segment on the show called Country Clueless, but the last couple of days our guests have been very much country clued up. So any tips about the, the farm life for bears that he could take away? Yeah, n- yeah absolutely <laughs> none. Sorry, bears. Um, I didn't really. I was a bit nervous with the expert label that you that you said on the way in, and I'm no expert on the farming side of things. But we've got to have we've got to have the grass eaten. That's all I know. <laughs> hey, what about what about your thoroughbred um, interests? How's uh, you've got you've still got a few mares, and you still still breeding a few and looking to try um, and I, sell them through no, a No, I don't actually have I, I don't actually have any mares anymore. Um, I've got a, a, a share in a couple of racehorses um, with other people. So I'm in a syndicate. There's sort of 10 of us in, in each horse. And uh, one of them has been uh, fantastic in the fact that he's been so much fun. He's um, super consistent and he's actually only won one race. Um, but he's run second eight times and uh, third, I think, six times it is. He actually has won twice, but they took it off him once. <laughs> he was a bit of argy-bargy <laughs> at the finish, so he got put back to second. What's that, so, what's that horse but he's been he's called? He's called Super G. Oh, um, and he gives us a real oh, run yeah. for that's our Chris money. Gibbs. Sometimes he's, yeah, that's the one. Sometimes he's first into the home straight and he finishes second, and sometimes he's last into the home straight and he finishes second. So he's a thriller minute. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's what racing's all about, isn't it? You don't even have to be winning all, all the all the time. Oh no, you don't. But we do like winning. So <laughs> we just like him to get his nose in front sometime soon. Yeah, it's a bit easier to pay the bills when they win, isn't it? Blythe, hey, just just to circle back and just to close out with the 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 uh, eventing and the equestrian going on. Out of the three dis- yeah. disciplines, dressage, cross country, and show jumping, I think I've got that right. I asked Izzy for notes before the show. What would what would our strongest <laughs> strongest of um, discipline be typically? Well, we've always been known for our cross-country, for our riding and for our horsepower because mostly in the past we've used um, New Zealand thoroughbred horses, actually. Um, but And it is the most significant phase or the most sort of influential phase. Um, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the main reason why we do the sport because there is dressage and there is show jumping, but there is, you know, pure disciplines of those. So we could sort of gravitate in that direction if that was our interest. So really it's all about the cross country and, and the gold medals are won and lost on the cross country. Um, you know, it's obviously very, 
exciting, but it's also quite physically demanding, and it's what draws riders to to the sport of eventing. So um, the preliminary stage or the first stage is the dressage, um, which New Zealanders are not notoriously strong at because, um, you know, again, it doesn't really suit our lifestyle. We we grow up on ponies, you know, bareback in the paddocks, whereas the Germans grow up in um, in riding schools, you know, with disciplined coaching. So, uh, but when it comes to the cross country, I think that we come into our own, and um, and the show jumping is is also a, a phase that we're usually pretty good at. So, um, yeah, three phase competition is a bit like a triathlon. You've got to be you've got to be good across the board, but the cross the cross country is the um, is the strongest phase. Oh, I think that's beautifully summed up. Growing up bareback in the paddocks, trying to ride our ponies <laughs> around, it's so true. And that's why it's such a great, a, a lovable event for the Kiwis. And we love that you did so well. So, Mark, Todd, we've had some great names. The price is going at it again this time around. It's a, a fantastic effort. And Jesse Campbell will absolutely be pinching himself that he's made it. Blythe, thank you so much for offering some time to join Baz and Z for breakfast. Go really well this weekend. Have a great one. My pleasure. See you soon. Outstanding. Baz Blythe Tate, a certified Kiwi legend at 10 minutes away from nine. We need to find someone, not Jono, to win this TAB bonus bet. We also need to sleep on it with the doyen, Ian Smith. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that goes exceptionally well this morning. Five minutes away from Ian Smith and... I just want to give a massive shout-out to Barry, who's going to win our $50 bonus bet. Three-leg multi on the rowers to medal. I've got shears and a horse at Alex Park tonight, lads. Lexi T, race six, number two. I would love to use the TAB bet to punt her, Barry. Well, you can. And I must remind you, with the Bledisloe Cup in Perth, not possible. The caller of the month will win an All Blacks experience. We will announce that winner on August 16 on this show. On Monday morning, we will announce this week's caller of the week. So tune into that on Monday morning. But now it's time for Ian Smith and sleep on it with temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support Baz Good morning Smitty what a beautiful morning it is 36 hours away from the end of July dry July for some in the Hawks Bay how are you? Look out son Look out Sunday, that's all I can say. I will be handing in my doctor's certificate for Monday morning I promise. Uh, Beautiful day here in Hawks Bay blue sky, blue sky again Brendan, goodness me the greens will be firm this morning Oh, beautiful. Now, I asked you yesterday to sleep on our question, sleep on at our temper question, and it was, is there yep. <laughs> is there a worse studio anywhere in the world than the one you're currently operating in, the backdrop? Well, okay, let's talk about this. Um, what I've tried <laughs> to do is theme the Olympics. I mean, uh, Anton Cooper, I, I, I idolise Anton Cooper and that bike ride, so that, that to me... Uh, you know, was quite inspirational to put a mountain bike in there with a helmet uh, and, and just sort of replicate that. Yesterday I went to the Clive Rowing Club, believe it or not. I tried to get a, a single skull, a, a single skull boat. Uh, I put it on the back of the trailer, brought it here with a couple of oars, but couldn't fit it in the studio. Can you believe that? So I, I, I just tried to simulate. Every now and then I'm trying to simulate the occasion. Uh, can, I, can I just say uh, to those people who are able to uh, get a little glimpse of our respective studios, uh, take a look at Brendan's uh, a Matter Matter. 
Um, he uh, actually has to go to his office in Matamata there uh, that we're, we're leasing at an exorbitant rate because, of course, um, he, and, and taking money off the rest of us just by the by. Uh, it's all part of the budget. Hutchie, well done, son. Yeah, you know, favour the, you know, it's his pet. Anyway, just moving along. Um, he hasn't got fibre going past his front gate. Therefore, uh, he can't work for a studio from home. Uh, I don't even know if they've got too much fibre in the whole of Matamata. They've got some good horses, some good trainers, and the odd good jockey. I'm not even sure they've got any fibre there, but just moving along from that. To describe Brendan McCullum's studio to you folks, it's black. It's totally black. This whole background is black. And it is absolutely, it's, it's, it's all foamed as well. It's, it's very expensively padded to absorb the garbage that he comes out with from time to time. And, and so all I'm saying is this. It resembles to me, I make an effort to be a little bit inventive. Yours is a padded cell. And yours is just a bloody padded cell. And I find it so appropriate that you are in a padded cell. It is just so apt. Must be news. This time, is great. Just, just, just up here is actually our list of frequencies. That's, that's called research. Um, it's great that you're getting in costume, Smitty. We wish you all the best on your show this morning, mate. Thanks, Smitty. It's been absolute pleasure to have you and i'm pretty sure that sleep on it will be the longest ever answer that we'll come up again come up with <laughs> in a the ranch not an answer well. <laughs> oh, thank god that it's 36 hours away from dry july and smitty can finally have a drink but anyway from baz and izzy on breakfast a massive thank you to all of our guests today our SEN colleague over in Sydney katie brown we had eric murray the olympic rowing legend Blythe tate the olympic Equestrian great, and we had Gilbert Anoka, who is the mental skills guru. We thank you to all of them, to our team, to Louie, to Karen, to Trudy, to Joe. We miss you, Izzy, from all of us here on Baz and Izzy for Breakfast on SNZ. Ka kitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.